0: this is essential. 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 essential essential. this is essential audio
1: welcome to the money pot our podcast at money 2020 i am rachel morrissey a content producer and i'm here with sanjeeb kalita our editor-in-chief at money 2020. hey sanj hey
0: rachel don't have time for the banter today too excited to get to my conversation with Maria Gotch, the co founder of the FinTech Innovation Lab in New York City.
1: I am with you, Sanj. First, we want to say that the FinTech Innovation Lab in New York City has been at the heart of FinTech here, and they are currently accepting applications for the FinTech Innovation Lab class of 2021. So the deadline is December 1st, so apply and get every startup you know to apply.
0: The lab was established in 2009 when fintech innovation started taking hold of the industry. At that time, everyone was looking to Silicon Valley, Boston, and London for the innovation, and no one was looking to New York City, despite the deep expertise in financial services in New York City.
1: Right. So the Partnership Fund for New York City, which looks to develop new job sectors in the city, partnered with Accenture to create the fintech innovation lab. They offered the spade work, and asked Accenture to bring their expertise and their buying power to the table.
0: It was a great marriage because it really attracted the tech talent needed to a place with unbeatable financial talent.
2: So the people that know how to run exchanges, the people that know how to transfer money, etc., a lot of that expertise, capital markets, etc., is in New York City. And so we're trying to marry that domain expertise with the innovation that's coming from entrepreneurs in the entrepreneurial sector. Okay. So that was how we started. Um, and we started with ten banks. And um, it's really gone quite well because after we had to do recruiting of those first ten banks, as you can imagine. Um, but then uh, we and then over the years we added uh, a couple every year. and then about five years in, we actually stopped recruiting. And so then the 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 institution started to come to us because it started to be seen as a really interesting place for peer discussions um, among the banks around kind of what are the innovations that they're looking at to solve problems that, uh, you know, everybody has issues that they want to deal with, Um, as well as an interesting place to see what are the financial services, uh, large institutions focused on in terms of solutions and uh, new technologies that they're wanting to spend time with.
0: As Maria built this, she has brought together banks, consulting firms, and obviously fintech startups. She's mastered the art of developing and maintaining relationships.
1: Developing always seems easier than maintaining in my book. She had a great way of explaining the attitudes you need to develop when you are partnering with institutions. I
2: think anybody who is in uh, Enterprise sales understands that that is a relationship sale. So you are, as an entrepreneur, you're you're you've decided to become an entrepreneur because you believe you've got a fabulous technology that's really doing something unique and interesting. And uh, in most cases, that's true. Um, but what you're, but you're taking that innovation, which is new and cutting edge, and you're walking it into if you're trying to sell to a bank or insurance company an established company with an established infrastructure and a, a wide book of business. And so you, perhaps you did work at an institution and you spun out to solve a particular problem, but, but often you've got a really interesting tool that's more broad based. And so understanding where does that technology and that new tool have resonate the most and that's a combination of, is there a real big pain point that somebody is somebody's screaming about, right? That's the pain point that you want to go after because that means there's going to be resources to address that problem. And that's it's resources of people and it's resources of budget. And when you're able to sit down with an executive and, and not sell, right, and not do all the talking, but actually talk about what you do and then listen and ask questions, That dynamic gives you a whole richness of information that you don't get if you're just talking. So then that executive can can sort of react to your product. They can tell you what they like about it. They can tell you where they think it fits and where it doesn't fit. And then they can help give you guidance around, well, listen, don't spend time over in that department because they're doing a reorg, right? Right. So come back in six months, but hey, you know, this people, they're about to, this group is about to go into their budgeting for the year and you're in their top three priorities. So that's where you should spend the time. So if you're able to listen and have that relationship where you can do that, there is a wealth of information that will be critical to you defining your product in a more precise way and figuring out how to navigate that large institution.
0: I love this because it means that the innovator is really listening and solving for the problem. When you understand that you need to develop a relationship to sell to these institutions, you talk less about yourself and how cool you are, and you listen more to what they need.
1: And it reminds you to stay in the arena and solve for real pain points instead of letting the ideas of the innovation lead you to create solutions that don't fit.
0: As an entrepreneur myself, I always say that the key to making innovation a successful business is being ahead of the market, but not too far ahead of the market. You want to envision and develop the solution that you know will be needed and in demand when you're ready to go to market. Maria shared a story about Casisto that perfectly illustrates this.
2: So Casisto came in and they have a conversational bot. And when they came in the program in 2014, nobody was really using conversational bots, but everybody sort of thought, well, it's kind of interesting. And so the the banks, in particular, spent time looking at the technology and trying to figure out, like, where would it be used? How would it be used? And then um, 18 months later, it became, we got to have a conversational bot. So... um, Consista was then very well positioned because they had spent the time with the the institutions understanding how they were thinking about how it might be used to position their product
1: so that when that market was ready, they were ready to go. I think the other thing an entrepreneur has to keep in mind is they should be ready to respond when the market tells you where the real value is. Maria gave a great example of Enigma shifting their development focus as they develop their relationships with their customers. So um,
2: Enigma is a, 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 a case in point on that. They came in with a very interesting, comprehensive uh, database of data, but it was public data and not easily accessible. But but it was still public data, and so they thought that's what they should be selling to people. And the feedback that they got during the program was. Well, you know, public data is kind of interesting, right? But we got, a lot of, we got a lot of data. But hey, could your tool, because you've got a really interesting way that you structured the data, could your tool marry that public data with our internal data? And at the time, it, it, it couldn't, but um, they heard that question repeatedly. So by the end of the program, they had divided their dev team in half, Enigma, and put half the dev team on building up that product. And then on the basis of that, they went on to raise, they raised $121
1: million um, and been very successful with customers. Now, these are companies who could have been lost in the wilderness, but because they were listening and had this opportunity, they could pivot and become very successful. So what are some other basic mistakes that startups make?
0: That list could be endless. Maybe we'll do an episode on every mistake that you can make while building an enterprise business. When I asked Maria that, she thought a big mistake that startups often make is hiring a sales team too quickly.
2: Startups hire salespeople too fast. You sh- I- 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 hiring a sales force and ramping your sales force should happen when you actually have a product that you know how it's priced and who's buying it. Before you know those things, the profile of person that you need is more of a product development/slash salesperson. Because until you nail that product market fit, what you need is somebody who can be a little bit more flexible about what they talk about and understand that, oh, that 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 what what we thought we had doesn't really fit with the situation. So let me kind of have a dialogue with the customer, find out what they really need. Let me take that back to my dev team. Only after you nail that should you really bring like a traditional and start building a traditional sales force. Because the traditional sales force is about scaling, right?
0: The biggest reason that startups rush to hire sales is that they confuse the technology with a product. They develop a cool technology, but only when you really understand how it serves the market is it a product.
1: And the conversation with Maria really highlighted the benefits for startups applying to Accelerator programs across the country, as well as to the FinTech Innovation Lab. I mean, these places aren't just schools for advice. They are about access to many networks, learning networks, developmental talent, and institutional relationships. We love the lab, but they are more suited to enterprise startups that serve certain institutional needs.
0: That is precisely their aim.
1: So where I
2: hope we go right? And looking at this is the kind of like, where do we want to look back and say, is that we have helped um, facilitate network effect for new technologies um, and collaboration between entrepreneurs and large financial services companies. So we have really focused on mentoring and helping kind of that seed stage company or new entrant into the market you know later stage company but new into financial services because of this network that we have created and this very interesting group of institutions um, where i think we can be at interesting value is to help entrepreneurs that have products that in effect need that network to work to get to market and to get to adoption faster.
0: Right now, they're looking for startups working in AI, data, fraud prevention and KYC, diversity inclusion and other solutions that help expand their network. But they are encouraging all startups to apply because even in applying, you're seen by their network, even if you don't get chosen to be in the class.
1: Startups have such a difficult road. They're usually scrappy with only a few employees. The amount of work in development, relationship building, and trying to engage and take advantage of as many opportunities as possible could just seem overwhelming.
0: But if you're really an entrepreneur, it's the most fun you can have. You have a passion for building and seeing it fly. Having done it a few times, I keep on diving back in.
1: So that's it for this episode of The Money Pot. We really appreciate the time we spent with Maria Gotch, the co-founder of the FinTech Innovation Lab. Remember that the applications are due now. Get them in by December 1st.
0: We want to thank our producer, Roland Boddenham, who makes us sound better than we are. If you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe for your podcasts and give us a review. It helps others find the show.
1: And if you have any ideas for the show, please send them to podcast at money2020.com.
0: Thanks for listening. Enjoy the holiday and please stay safe out there. We're almost through 2020. This is Essential. Essential. Essential Essential Essential. This is Essential Audio.